Welcome back to Arab American Psycho. My name is Noor, and this week's guest is really special. She is a co-founder and designer of Vela Scarves. She is an influencer, and she also is in California right now. So this is a little bit of a long-distance podcast interview. Welcome, Marwa. Hey, how are you? Good. I feel very accomplished right now. Do you feel accomplished? <laughs> I feel so accomplished, but also I don't know if anyone needs to know what, what just happened. Just know that we're the most tech savvy people ever. We will fix any technical issue yeah. you have because we're recording this and we're not in the same place and we fucking figured it out, yeah, which we, is we did this. It's a miracle. Yeah, we really did this. Like we really did this. <laughs> Seriously, I've now I can now put tech savvy onto my resume. Oh yeah, for sure. I'm adding it like immediately. <laughs> like can podcast from across the country, no problem. So for you guys who don't know, Marwa is, like I said, the co-founder and designer of Vela Scarf. She's also one of my really, really good friends. Marwa, when did we meet mm. for the first time? Wait. Was it in New York? Yeah, I, th- I think it was. I, th- I think it was Fashion Week. Was Fashion Week the first time? I feel like I, I've already like known you for like a yeah, while. I know. And then I think Maria connected us in Fashion yeah. Week. And then yeah, it was so, history. Yeah, we, we shared a hotel room, which is, I feel like, the ultimate bonding experience. Mm-hmm. That's like a make it or break it, which it's funny because oddly enough, the first time me and Maria like met it was for yeah. Coachella and oh we my like, God. slept on the same bed on the first night and then wow like, you guys just jumped straight in for no literally. first date nothing <laughs> Maria was like Marwa like you could have killed me I was like I know like we, I could have been a crazy person she would have never known and I feel like it's the same thing kind of like with me and you the way that me and you met we literally I mean first time we met in a hotel room what like who you could that? you could still kill me Marwa I mean let's be real you could <laughs> you could be plotting my murder right now and like you could still kill me it would be fine I, I am a Scorpio so I've been told I have that side of me so. Marwa loves horoscopes and one time we were no, wait a- hold on, hold on. <laughs> clarification I love zodiac sign horoscope is what you check okay. every Okay, Nor, fact, fact check, okay? <laughs> horoscope is what you check, like your everyday daily horoscope. Your zodiac sign is what I'm into. Okay, my apologies <laughs> to your cult. But, <laughs> but Marwa tried to like tell me what my like moon rising was and shit once. And she was like, Nor, this is so you. Nor, this is so you. Yeah. And I was just like, Marwa, I'm going to punch you in the yeah. mouth right now. Like, I, I don't know why it bothers me so much. Okay, I don't know why it does bother you too, because, okay, so my whole thing is, is like, yeah, everyone has a zodiac sign, but everyone has a different rising, like a rising sun sign. Your Venus sign tells you how you love and your rising sign shows like your outer shell, but then, but then there's still like your true self, which is, um, okay. My, my friends who's so into zodiac signs probably gonna be like, what are you shooting me right now? But basically (laughs) if, if you go onto this app called like, co-star you just like plug in like all of your like information it tells you everything and I don't know I'm telling you it's true I just like the the thing that comes to mind immediately is I was hanging out with some friends and they're also into like zodiac horoscope whatever the fuck and they were like look mine up so I read something that wasn't their sign like it was just something else like I was just fucking with them because we all know that I'm evil and I do these things and I'm reading it and she's like oh my god that's 
that's me. Like, oh my God, this is so spot on. And I was like, yeah, it's literally not your sign or whatever. Like, has nothing to. And she was heated. Like, it was like, I just basically said like, yo, I'm going to punch your mom in the face. That was the reaction I got out of her. Um, So ever since then, it really just further reinforced (laughs) my belief, which is that like, I don't believe it, but it does entertain me. I'm not going to lie. It's entertaining. It is. It is. Um, That is so dirty of you to kind of. I know. Evil. And then I don't I don't blame her for like being mad because like imagine like your whole entire life like you think <laughs> something's real and then someone messes with you and then it's like plot twist like Santa Claus is not real. Like I think someone thought it was real. Marwa, you know that I was the asshole in public school who told my class that Santa Claus wasn't real. Like that was me. Second grade, I told all the kids, oh, there's no such thing as Santa Claus. And my really? teacher, yeah, and my teacher called my mom. To be fair though, I wasn't doing it like maliciously. I was just kind of like wait, Santa Claus is like, you know, Santa Claus isn't real. Right. And they were all like on the verge of tears. Like I crushed their dreams. I'm sorry. That is so (laughs) funny. No, I feel like, um, the most awkward probably thing I ever done was for Halloween time. Cause like in Mm -hmm. the beginning, I think it took a while for my parents to like warm up to the idea of like trick or treating and we're not celebrating the devil. Yeah. yeah, You know, Satan and shit. Yeah. We, we really just want to cop some like free candy. But Mm -hmm. in the beginning it was a very like no thing that my mom did not allow us to do. So every time we had trick or treaters, I would so proudly like open the door and they'd be like trick or treat. And I'm like, in our religion, in Islam, we do not celebrate. (laughs) We do not celebrate. Every Halloween, and like just like, oh my God. just like the looks on their faces, they were like question mark, question mark. Yeah, yeah. Like, excuse me, a little like, young lady, why are you spreading your propaganda? I want candy. Literally, literally. it was like uh, it was like a Mormon, but doing the opposite. Instead of <laughs> not, instead of knocking on your door, you knock You're on, on the inside. You're on the inside, just waiting with the Quran. Like, yeah. let me let me shove my religion down your throat. And they're really? like, we just wanted candy. We that's really? all we came for. Um, yeah, my mom was definitely chill about it. And I remember one time Halloween fell during Ramadan. Like it was Halloween during Ramadan, mm-hmm. and my mom let us go trick or treating. And all oh, the kids so at the cool. masjid were so pissed. And I was just like. <laughs> My mom is so cool. She's not even that cool. She's just cool, like, she's sometimes. Understanding. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, she still doesn't like Halloween. I mean, I don't think any Muslim parents like Halloween. Yeah, like, yeah, like low-key. I think it's satanic. It's funny as yeah. shit. For sure. My mom eventually, like, she let us finally go trick-or-treating when I was in high school. So I, I got a little taste of it. Um, so, like, my mom, like, now she she kind of gets it. Like, oh, it's just, like, dress up. They're kind of just, like, having fun with yeah. it. And this is not. But, but low-key, you're so right. They're yeah. low-key still somewhat against well, it. Well, that's because we're all secretly sitting in corners, you know, worshipping the devil, right? Oh, uh-huh, yeah. That's, that's, that's exactly. That's what we're actually doing. That's exactly uh, why we do it. Yeah. <laughs> I, honestly, you go out all out on Halloween though like I I respect that because I'm like how can I do my makeup last minute to make me myself look like some spooky thing and you're like throwing elaborate Halloween parties with like skull shaped Rice Krispie treats and shit so (laughs) my family we are so into Halloween it kind of started I noticed yeah it started with my cousin Yasmin she was always kind of like I guess she was a quote-unquote rebel like she was the first person to go trick-or-treating and like slowly influenced us She would like, oh, knew it. Like you would totally love her if you, if you guys went to school together. Like she listened to like the wait the My Chemical Romance. Oh my god, I love that you, you associate me with My Chemical. Oh yeah, I a hundred percent. Um, um, Killers. The is it the Killers or the Killers? The Killers. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Who's that pretty British guy? He's like, and Friday, I'm in love. The, the Cure. The Cure. 
Wait, yeah. you think he's pretty? I have so many questions right now. No, like pretty, pretty as in like, haven't yeah, you seen yeah, yeah. his music videos? Like he, you know, puts on makeup. So yeah, yeah. I, love like, the I fucking, I love the cure so much. He's like a pretty boy, you know? So yeah, yeah. she, she was very much into Halloween and then our, our obsession as a whole entire family. So I have a huge, well, you have a huge family too. Like this, this, yeah, is, yeah. this, this is something we both agree on. Yeah. So I have so many cousins, um, like over like 40 cousins like my my dad has six brothers and sisters and they each have oh five kids and they, it just extended so now our whole entire family is so into halloween we go all out and i just i, I think i just enjoy the dressing up aspect of it i kind of just relate it back towards my i love being like a, like an actual like creative and I yeah. think I put that into every aspect of my life. So whether it's like what I do in like fashion or my my hosting my my elaborate dinner parties, I'm just so yeah, I feel like you like hosting parties, like you like you like themes, you like like planning parties. Like Putting I feel like together. you're you're good at it. So like you're very detail oriented. So it's like perfect for you to like plan something. Thank you. Yeah, I think I was just growing up. Yeah. Um, my family has always kind of been into that. So like one of my aunt, she's like a florist. My other aunt knows how to, um, sew clothing. And then my other cousin is just like, so OCD and like, and loves to plan things. So we all come together. And I, and I think like at a young age, I've always kind of learned a lot of like independent skills that I didn't know later on would, would transfer on to like, me and my career and my everyday life oh, for sure like yeah. there are so many things that I learned when I was younger that I was like none of this is ever going to come in handy and then like here we are and I'm like oh shit yeah that was kind of helpful information isn't it so uh, crazy like uh, getting old people, <laughs> no like people make you think that college is is where you learn all your skills and what you're supposed to do no I mean if you're in college yeah. study for your classes go to school but yeah. also yeah. like college is like a it's just LOL. That's, that's how I feel about it. <laughs> Wait, you went to FITM, right? Yes, I did. LOL. I don't even know. I don't even know what FITM stands for. I just know that it's like a fashion school <clears throat> in California. Fashion Design Institute Merchandising, I think. Something like yes. that. That sounds right. I mean, I would definitely... You sounded confident, so I would agree with that 100%. <laughs> okay. um, so you studied uh, apparel management, right? I did. So what exactly is apparel management? Because I know what apparel means and I know what management means, but like, I feel like that's probably not what it is. No, it, it essentially really is that it's just basically managing all the, all the departments together as like a whole. So you take a lot of cost analysis classes, you take a lot of marketing classes, you okay. take a lot of like, you basically take mini courses of everything that revolves around fashion because you have to be knowledgeable in design. You have to be knowledgeable in pattern making, in production, in costing your pieces at, at the right price point, knowing your profit margins, like knowing how to do all of that. And That's then you, so cool. Yeah. And then you basically take all of that and then you essentially become, you, you manage brands or you manage companies. So you're kind of, so your role is you have people underneath you that kind of do all those things or with you. I don't like to use the word underneath you, like with yeah. you. And, um, and then your, your, your role is making sure that like, you know, everything's kind of getting done and you are creatively directing. Yeah. So it's basically exactly what you're doing right now. Yeah, literally. Yeah. So did you feel like learn getting a degree in that was actually helpful to what you do right now? Or do you feel like it was more just like hands-on kind of going with it kind of thing? Or do you actually feel like that degree helped you in some way? Here's the thing. I feel like it's 
Both. Okay. So when I I first started, I was already technically starting Vela. So when I went to school, it was after I decided, oh, Vela is what I want to do. So when, while I was taking some of these classes, I realized, oh, like I kind of self-taught myself this or, oh, I was actually at the factory, the the, the, like the other day. And like, I've mm-hmm. seen this, but then there was also other classes that really like prepared you. And I was like, okay, like I, I can take, you know, a lot of useful facts from this. So I, after talking to everyone, after everyone graduated from college, I think it's safe to say your major looking back at it, there's probably only like six classes. You're like, I really needed this. Yeah. The other like 12 BS classes was like, <laughs> you're just trying to take my money at this point. So Literally, yeah. it's really half and half. Like after graduating, like sometimes I'm like, I could have done this on my own. And the other times I'm like, well, I kind of learned some things along the way. Yeah. I truly believe like college is only meant for someone who w- loves learning in that space. Or if you're becoming something that requires an actual major, like an engineer, a doctor, a yeah. lawyer. Yeah, I, I would I would want a doctor to go to school. I'm going to be yeah. honest with you. <laughs> like, I'm not going to want a doctor who's like, I don't know, I Googled a few things. And like, I'm just going to wing it. Like, yeah. I'll figure it out. Yeah, it's like um, I'm I'm avid at web. MD. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm a, a regular on WebMD, so yeah. no big deal. Just like how I'm a fucking now I'm like an audio like specialist yeah, right? because it records one podcast. Let's even see once this is done, let's make sure that it doesn't sound like a bunch of static or something. But wait, so you started Vela in 2009. I did. Yes. Holy shit, what so you've had Vela for 10 years? 10 year challenge. Like this oh is my 10th year. God, it's your 10th yeah. year. That's insane that you've had your brand for 10 years this is a fucking decade that's super you're crazy you're making me sound so old and now you're I feel not, like I'm so unaccomplished I'm like oh she's, I have so much more she, to do she's younger than me so she's not old because I'm not old so it's fine <laughs> um so you started in 2009 and I know that you had mentioned to me before that it kind of started on accident like how how did Vela come to be Okay, so like every other um, lost person after (laughs) graduating high school, I thought like the normal thing to do was do some type of medical degree. So I was like, okay, like nursing, everyone's doing that. Let me start doing that. So I'm kind of taking my GEs. Um, I was going to Cal State Fullerton at the time. Mm -hmm. And during all my courses, all my classes, I was not focused whatsoever. It did not click. It was actually one of my kinesiology classes um I used to I I was a person where like I I did what nerds did but I was not a nerd so I would go to the office hours because I genuinely needed that extra help because I battled with you know like reading comprehension and um Mm -hmm. things take me a while to kind of process and learn in a classroom setting it's just not how my mind absorbs the information so everyone learns differently like i'm a i'm a visual learner like i have to see it to understand it like i yes i get it i'm i'm much more of like i'm like i'm not noticing that i'm learning but i am learning so like it's more i'm doing it i yeah i'm like doing the action and i'm like physically learning it that's sick yeah so um so basically i was in one of my office hours um and she literally like i was like asking her questions about some homework assignment and then she's like madua like what are you doing here and i was like oh your office hours she's like no like why are you doing this major and it was like the first time like a 
professor came at me like that. I was like, you know, I, don't, I would cry. How yeah. old were you? Like 18? I was 18. And I was kind of oh just like, God. I literally just went quiet. I'm like, wow, this is the first time someone told me like, I don't belong here, but it's so yes. funny. <laughs> it's so funny. Cause interestingly, interestingly enough, that was not my first time someone told me that. Um, but it's all meant to happen. So, yeah. So when that happened, I was like, Oh my God, this lady literally just told me I don't belong here. What am I doing here? And, um, and then obviously fast forward, like a couple of days later, I was inside of me and my friend were studying at a coffee shop and she noticed like all of my notes for classes, there were all sketches like on the side. Mm -hmm. And she's like, what are all these things? I'm like, Oh, you know, like this is a girl. She's like, yeah, but wait, what, what did you draw on her? I'm like, Oh, she's wearing the scarf and there's a zipper here. There's a ruffle here there's there's pleats there and okay you really have to think about during 2009 instagram i think was instagram i don't think instagram was invented until like 2010 or yeah i don't think instagram was around in 2009 i think it came around in like 2011 maybe i think so so it's literally just facebook and back in the day this whole entrepreneurial wave never started like no we, we had to get our scarves from the thick pashmina target section yeah so Think about it back oh then. I don't. I don't want to think about those dark times. It was. It was. <laughs> it was literally like unless someone was going overseas to like an Arab country, like you're wearing piece of shit scarves yeah. that are like not meant to be worn on your head. And like, mm-hmm. it's just, they're ugly. They have all these unnecessary fucking weird tassels on them yeah. that no one wants those tassels. And then like, they were all like infinity scarves and just, yeah. it was, it was a fucking mess. We would have to wait once a year to like my mom, to like my mom traveled the summer mm-hmm. in Syria and we would just collect all these scarves that you're, you're absolutely right. Like sometimes we don't like the print, but we like the fabric no. or yeah. vice, vice versa, or, or we have to stick to square scarves because that's what they made yeah it was a very selective type of fabric style Mm -hmm. and it was and it was very one dimensional it was just fabric so yeah so my idea was like wait you're making this like a three-dimensional it's it's an actual design you're actually designing something so she's like Maru you have to do this and I was like I was like oh I don't know like I think people are going to think that this idea is weird. I genuinely thought that people would look at me and be like, why does she have a zipper on, on her scarf? So you're also, you're 18. Like, you know what I mean? Like you're, you're kind of like still figuring out who you are. You still care about what people think of you. Totally. Like, yeah. An 18 year old is going to be like, Oh, people are going to think this is weird. They're not going to think it's cool. I don't want to do it. What if I'm not good at it? What if I fail? Like all these thoughts are Mind. Exactly. So luckily, like my aunt who already knows how to sew and make clothing, I mean, my friend, we, you know, bought some fabric and we bought some trims and we went to my aunt's house and I told her my ideas and she helped me sew my first scarf, which is a zipper scarf. So the first oh scarf God. I ever made was a zipper scarf. And it was actually around like Ramadan time. And the first time I featured it was at a game with like all my community members around me and literally like the response that I got like they're like what wait what's on your scarf like what is is that a zipper that is so different that is so cool like where did you get it and then and then I would say oh I made it and then like that was such like a self-esteem boost because like I've I never had that like I never had something that was that I was proud yes because I always struggled in school I always like struggled throughout my whole entire life and never felt like I was good enough and then I finally created something that I felt like proud of and other people were happy and 
fast forward like six months, I just grew this Facebook page and the community kept growing and growing and growing. And then within Vela's first year, we got featured in LA Times. We got featured in Elle Magazine. We got featured in Marie Claire. So it took off. And you're you're 18 at this time. At this point, you're yeah, you're 18 years old. You're being fe- featured in all these like major publications. Like, mm-hmm. were you freaking out? It, it, it was like I was pinching myself. I yeah. It, it's like, is this even happening? Is this real? A part of me like didn't have the time to really process that because the amount of hours that I was spending. So I would I would go to school. Obviously, I still have to take my GE classes. Mm-hmm. So I would go to school and I worked at Urban Outfitters at the time. Yeah. So, and at nighttime, I would sew all these scarves. So I was essentially running three Holy things. shit. Yeah. That's, that's real hustle right there. Yeah. yeah literally. Um, I don't know how I did it. Looking back, I'm like, Marwa, I, I probably could never do that again. I think I would cry from the pain of like... I mean, when you really think about it, it's basically still what you're doing. Like, I mean, maybe not those exact jobs, but like you're juggling so many things yeah. simultaneously because, you know, you have this brand, you're still, you know, you do have a team that you built and, you know, mm-hmm. you can rely on them for certain things. But I know you, you... Yeah want to make sure everything is perfect. You know what I mean? And then you're, you also transitioned into becoming an influencer, like in the digital Mm -hmm. space, which is also a job in its own, contrary to what people may think it's, it's a job, it's hard. And you know, there's a lot that goes into it. So how, like, do you feel like starting that at an early age is helping you right now with balancing, like kind of like your work life situation? Like, do you feel like I got this? I guess you're kind of making me realize it now. Yeah, maybe I <laughs> maybe I just got so used to the hustle and just working. Yeah. What, what happens is when you find your passion, when you find something that you genuinely love, it doesn't matter how many hours you've put into it, even though, exactly. you're, even though you're tired, even though you're exhausted, because you genuinely love what you do, you're still willing to put in the hours. Like it's like becomes this like crazy like addiction because you're just excited about the exactly. process. So I think like, I didn't really have time to really think about Marwa, like, are you burning yourself out? Are you tired? Because I was just so excited for like the next thing that I was doing. No, a hundred percent. And like, I, I completely understand where you're coming from. Like when you're doing something that you're actually passionate about, like you can spend hours, hours will pass by and you're still working on it. And it doesn't feel like work because you, you like what you're doing. It's like binge watching something on Netflix, like hours will pass by. You don't realize it. I mean, obviously you're just sitting down on the couch being a piece of shit, but same thing. You're, you're focusing, you're paying attention. It's taking up time. And like the hours just fly by because you're, you're having a good time. So I think that's something like important for like maybe younger listeners to keep in mind. Like if you enjoy what you do, like it's something to kind of look into and pursue because it's rare that people I feel like find that thing. And if you do find that thing, you should like Mm -hmm. fucking just go for it because go for it. Yeah. Like 10, I mean, essentially, th- this is what you do too. Like, Nora, like you work full time, and then yeah. us, you're an influencer, and that is yeah. also a job on its own. And then I see your podcast, and I see the passion through that because some of your podcasts are like an hour long. And yeah. for me, like that, that literally shows like how passionate you are through it. I, I told you this before, but I feel like I have to say this on <laughs> air. Nora is the only person that. Like I literally have screenshots where our phone calls are five hours. I was like, I know you just are so 
a good natural at it. Like you can be, you can be talking to the most <laughs> awkward person ever, but you'll still know how to keep a conversation going. And oh my God, I love you. Literally that's just, she told me that one. She's like, I can't even talk to my cousins on the phone for like longer than yeah. five minutes. Literally. And like, I mean, I, my job is to make people comfortable talking to me. So I love it. I guess I, I feel good about that. But yeah, no, like literally Marwa and I, we will talk to each other like once every few months on the phone and like, it'll be like a whole, that's what happens when you don't live in the same place as your friend and you don't see them often when you do talk to each other ends up being just like this whole, like it takes up your entire yeah. afternoon. And you're just on the fucking phone literally, um, and we're like talking about all our life struggles and shit and like just, you know, crazy stuff stuff but um yeah I I really I really think it's cool though that like you didn't intend to start like a brand necessarily and you just created this product and people gravitated towards it and I feel like as you grow Vela is like evolving and becoming just such a reflection of you like it's so weird to me but like I obviously have a lot of different scarves and Mm -hmm. The thing that I love about Vela scarves, and I'm not saying this because you're my friend, the thing I love about Vela scarves is like, there's something effortless about it. Like it has this kind of like California cool vibe to it. And I never thought like a hijab could have like a California cool. Do you know what I mean? Like it just kind of like an effortless, it gives off an effortless vibe. Like if I want to look effortless, I'm going to wear my Vela scarf because that's how it looks. It's just like, Oh, I just threw this on. No matter how I style the hijab, it looks effortless. Something about the way the fabric moves and flows like, and I just feel like, I love that your brand is really, truly a reflection of who you are. It's not like you have created this fake version of you mm-hmm. to for branding. Like your brand is literally you, which is so cool because there are definitely brands and you see the co-founders or the founders or whatever. And you're just like, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. someone else is putting together all the creative, all the but creative. like you're are you kind of the one who's mainly the creative force behind Vela? Yeah. So, um, so first of all, thank you. That actually means like so much to me and I love Aww. you for that. Um, cause it's, it's so nice hearing what other people's thoughts are about Vela. Um, so I, I do have a lot of creative direction with that and I kind of just throw yeah. out all these ideas, but I do have a core team that I trust and I, and I believe. So, mm-hmm. um, they, like I just throw out ideas and we kind of keep bouncing it off and we start off from there. And sometimes they tell me, Oh yeah, th- this is a cool idea. Other times they're like, Oh, it's not entirely there yet. Like I kind of make it a whole like family effort sometimes too. Like even when I'm like dying the colors, like, and making the sample pieces, like I will literally pull it out during dinner time and I'll literally ask my grandfather, like what color, I love my grandpa too. Like, Oh my God. Okay. So, um, obviously my, um, spring summer collection is going to be released very soon, inshallah. And I'm so excited. the spring summer collection was essentially paying tribute. It was like a 10 year tribute to California vibes. So the, so I literally didn't know that that's so fucking cool. <laughs> yeah. So I haven't really released, but I I'm teasing this right now on your podcast. So exclusive, exclusive. Ooh, we have exclusive <laughs> Vela info. Okay. Info. Tell me everything. So basically like I wanted to make sure without you even having to hear the name of, of these scarves that you knew what the scarf, like the story or like the, the actual color story of the scarf. So I had, I had all the, like all these like orange tones um, on the floor and my, my aunt and my cousin, I was getting their inputs on it. Cause again, I love to share inputs and 
Um, mm-hmm. We all have different like undertones and skin tones. So I'm making them try it on. This is not. And then my grandfather goes, he's like, this color reminds me of a sunset. And I was like, what? Did they say that again? And he's like, this reminds me of like, cause he used to live in Palm Springs. Um, yeah. For about like 15 years before we all moved to like Orange County area. And he told me like, it reminded him of like when it was sunset time and how the sunset reflected around all the mountains. And I was like, this is exactly poetic old yeah. Arab guys. I like only too. an old Arab grandpa would say that. Like, that's just adorable. He literally told me to call it Shams al-Jabal. And I was like, oh my oh. God, that's so pretty. That literally means the, the sun over the mountains. Yes. And I was like, Jiddo, I love you. But also that was almost like a full circle moment where I was like, oh my God, like my work, like my hard work is translating alhamdulillah so well onto these scarves to the point where I don't even have to tell him I didn't even tell him it was a spring summer I didn't even tell him hey this is most likely going to be called golden hour which is the yeah, official it, name it, it, translated to him like he saw it and that's he's like this is what of. so I guess that's like a little example of what my creative direction takes that's I'm so cool so detail oriented to even the solid colors have to have some type of color story to it no, you're, you're extremely detail oriented. Like this is something I can say with full confidence, you're detail oriented about like literally every aspect of your life. So yeah. I can only, only imagine yeah. what it's like when it comes to, cause it's your baby. Like, you know what it I is. mean? Like you literally give it all of your attention and like, I'm just constantly like proud of you because I'm just like, I'm proud of you too. It, oh my God. I love you. But like, you know, like, I mean, I feel like there there are people who, who start brands and I'm sure, you know, they have good intentions, but I feel like you started from such a pure place Mm -hmm. and like, it just, you can feel it. And I think that that's so important when you're trying to reach audiences and you're trying to build a customer base. Like I know for me, I'm a fucking consumer. I love Mm -hmm. buying shit. And so like, I, you know, I see the way you are about your brand and I'm just like, yeah, like this makes sense. Like this makes perfect sense. And like, you can tell that the scarves are made with love and like, you know what I mean? Like I love it that. makes, Thank you. it makes, it makes such a huge difference. And yeah, That's I, why I always try to tell people who, you know, ask me for advice, you know, on building a brand and everything like mm-hmm. that. I always go back, like make, make sure like it's your passion, but also like people build businesses for, you know, for different purposes. Like you just have to, first you have to really analyze yourself and assess yourself. Like number one, is this, is this what you really want to do? Is this something that you're passionate about? Cause being an entrepreneur, you're more essentially like a, you're more like an, like an artist, um, slash creative director. But if you want to turn this into a business, you have to be open to hiring a CEO. You have to be open to hiring a CFO and being, Mm -hmm. and being okay with that. Like being okay with like, listen, like I know I'm the founder of this, this brand, but I want to take it further. So, you know, other people with, you know, better skills and better assets that can make the right choices is better off for the brand overall. But also like, I don't know, like I can, it can literally go in so many different, like, directions in so many different ways because there's that coffee shop owner that genuinely just loves the coffee bean and he does not care to expand he's like I genuinely love coffee good quality coffee I'm going to have maybe two stores open and I'm going to be known for my coffee and then there's someone with a viewpoint like Starbucks where I want I want to be 
the holy grail of coffee. So the, so the first, so like the first thing you think of when you say coffee is Starbucks or I want to be on every single exit. So it's like, you really have to decide like, who do you want to be? Like, do you want to be, you know, like um, a multi-billion dollar type company? So you got to do a lot of quality sacrifices essentially in a way. And then, or do you want to be like this, uh, like authentic, like kind of like mom and pop thing. So mm-hmm. that's something I, I mean, personally, like I always go back and forth with too. Cause for me, like I see Bella being so global, but in a way yeah. still have a small artist, like an artistic feel to it. But for me, I'm like, yeah. Oh, but I want it to be bigger. I want it to, to be go even major. So you got to find a way to blend in the both. And that's where smart business decisions start happening. Um, so it's really something that you have to be willing to invest so much time and passion into. And within this era of social media, we're, we're given the greatest platform to now people are starting to do that. People are starting to, um, create their own brands and everything like that. And I think that's like amazing, but you just kind of, you, you can't, um, you can't be hard on yourself when you feel like, Oh, like, I have to do a brand or I have to do this. I have to do that. You essentially don't have to do anything. Like everything comes at its right time. Like, yeah. like, you know, like there are some people that they find someone and they get married first and then they have a career or they, or they have their kids and then they wait till their kids go into school for them to start their career. Like yeah, everyone has a completely different life path. Or, like there isn't the like a right or there isn't. Uh, yeah. I, I, yeah. There isn't yeah. a right or wrong. Like everything comes at the right time. Like for you, like if you have your career now, you know, you'll, you'll have, you know, the kids later. If you have the kids now, it does not mean that you still don't have a career. You can still, you know, be the woman that you want to be. And have your story continue and do something yeah. for yourself as well. It's just, just in whatever moment you're at right now, just enjoy it. Like enjoy that moment. Enjoy that ride. 100%. Cause it's, it's not going to come back, you know? Oh my God. You're such a fucking Cali girl. You just I said, know. enjoy that ride. Oh my <laughs> God. Literally. That's my favorite thing about Marwa. She just says shit. And I'm like, yo, you're from California. Like there's, there's no one else in the world who talks like that. Like I freaking want to do the little hang 10 thing at you right now. Yeah, bro. Um, <laughs> yeah. God, but yeah, I, I really think that, you know, people do put these pressures on themselves to reach a certain goal by a certain age. And they just kind of have all these expectations out of themselves. And like, you just kind of have to, and this is coming from someone who's a total control freak. You, you do have to go with the flow. You do have mm-hmm. to ride the wave or whatever other fucking Cali sayings. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you do have to just see where life takes you. And, you know, as see, long as you're uh, being true uh, to yourself, <laughs> yeah, as long as you're being true to yourself, like it doesn't really matter. And, and, you know, whatever direction you take or whatever order you do things in, as long as you're happy, like that's really all that matters. And I know this might sound like to some people very like, Oh, that's common sense. But there are some people who just genuinely like no one's ever told them this before, which mm-hmm. is mind to me. But like, you know, I was lucky enough to be raised basically by parents who are just basically like, if you're happy, cool, like do whatever you want. Maybe not those exact words, but like, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, they're just kind of like, you do, you want to do this? I support you. And so I was raised in a supportive environment and I feel like you were too. Like, I feel like your family is such a core part of your brand. Mm -hmm. They, they really are like, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. Like they, I've always been supportive. Like even when I told my mom, Hey mom, I'm deciding to, you know, 
uh, drop out of Cal State Fullerton, go into FITM. And this is what I want to do. And she's like, Mudwa, I didn't expect anything else from you. Like, you've always been a creative person and this is not. Oh my God. So I really think like finding, I, I know there's some people that, you know, have probably different circumstances and like their parents are more harder on them in terms of like, yeah. a specific major. Um, and so I totally feel for that too. Cause I, I can't imagine how hard that, that must be, but finding, were you scared to tell your mom that? Um, no, because okay. Okay, here's, here's the thing. I'm the middle child. Yeah. So I can get away with a lot. So they, <laughs> a lot of the pressure was put onto my sister and she's like more of like the nerdy, like smart person, like, 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 like love school and everything like that. And then they were yeah. worrying about my, my brother. And then, and then I have a younger sister and, an, and another younger brother. So, you know, I've been forgotten a few times. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> being picked up from school. So no, it, it's, it's happened. Any, every Arab kid has been forgotten. I tr- literally one time sat outside of my house and cried because I got dropped off on the bus. I literally took the bus for like one month and like, I came home twice during that month and no one was there wow. and I just cried outside. So yeah, all Arab kids have been forgotten. That's what happens when you have like six kids. Yeah. You're going <laughs> you're gonna to forget about one of them at <laughs> least once. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's so funny. Oh leave my it, God. Leave it's Arabs to like overproduce, but it's like, why, <laughs> why are you making this many kids if you can't keep up? Why? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like, that's the thing. Like I think about it and I, I've, I've actually asked my mom this verbatim, like, did you ever want to kill us? Like mm-hmm. any of us? She was like, no, she like shrugged. Like, no, like what's the big deal? I had six kids. Like that's not even that many kids. And I was just like, I don't understand your life lady. Cause she has like, she's one of 10 or something insane wow. like that. So to her six kids is like the bare minimum, you know, mm-hmm. like oh, a, a nice, even six, you know <laughs> what I mean? And I'm just like, um, you sure you don't want to kill any of us? Yeah. Like, I mean, I would want to kill at least one, yeah. just get rid of it real quick. Um, but yeah, so I, I think that that's really cool though, that you were able to just kind of tell your mom and not be nervous about it because, you know, I just feel like a lot of times parents, especially you know, when your parents are immigrants, they have these very specific expectations out of you and they want you to have a career that they perceive to be stable, like a doctor, an engineer, a lawyer, a teacher, like just something that's stable and go into the creative world. I feel like, you know, a lot of immigrant parents would be a little scared about because it's it's uncertain. I would say like in order to foster like a supportive family or even a supportive group, um, if you don't have that, like off the bat, then you need to just communicate more and then just obviously Mm -hmm. go through, I guess, like more therapy like sessions to the point where like you guys are both understanding. I mean, you, you would know this best on how to give like the best (laughs) advice on this, like not me, but um but I mean but then then, you're the guest model you're the guest (laughs) but but I feel like once you kind of be more vocal about it or you know spend more time really understanding each other I think like eventually you can create like a supportive system because having that yeah like I will agree like that 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 is like a major role and a major recipe when you are doing such an independent career you you do need a supportive system. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's not to say that if you don't have that support system that you can't do it, but I do think that having that support system is going to help. Yeah. Yeah. There's no, like, yeah, it's, it's objectively going to help you to have that. So I, I'm really happy that you did have that because Yeah. yeah, like you, you know, 
all you were balancing school, you were balancing like, you know, mm-hmm. putting, making the scarves and all that, which she, to be clear, Marwa is not <laughs> making the scarves. She has people who make the scarves. Yeah. It's not her. Um, but I did want to kind of touch on like your transition into becoming an influencer and like kind of how that happened. Cause when I met you, I don't even know if you had your, I don't know if you had a Marwati Instagram account. I think you just had Vela Scarves. Mm-hmm. So I knew you before you were Marwati. You were just mm-hmm. Vela Scarves. Yeah. So how did you transition from being just Vela Scarves to being Vela and being your own personal brand, which is Marwati? Yeah. So, I mean, when, when Vela first started, a lot of the times, a lot of the magazine features would kind of be the story based off of me and me and my sister, like as the mm-hmm. co-founders, they, they wanted to interview the people behind it versus um, the actual brand itself. So I, I was, I was always somewhat the face of Vela. It was always more of like a personal story and like a personal thing, but over the years, I didn't want it to be too personal because as the years, you know, came on, I realized like Vela was more of a community of women that felt empowered through each other and genuinely enjoyed wearing their scarves and expressing it in their own ways. And and I love mm-hmm. that. I love that community that, that, that was building. And I wanted, I wanted it to be more of like a group thing. Like I didn't want people to like think of Bella and only just see my, my face. I wanted them to be, to also be able to see their faces as, as well. And that's why I sometimes that. like a lot of my models, a lot of them are, they either start off as Bella customers or like I find them and I just ask them to model. Um, cause I, I want it to be like more authentic to its core. And then and it is a community and you get that feel just through scrolling through the Vela Instagram page. Like mm-hmm. it is a real community and uh-huh. like that, you know, building that in itself is like so impressive because you can have a brand, but like to have a brand that also has that community where they feel so emotionally connected and attached to the brand yeah. is something that's really special. And, and I love that. Yeah. You, your models are usually like customers and stuff like that. And I think that that's so cool because you're allowing them to be a part of Vela mm-hmm. in a in a in a deeper sense, which is so special. Yeah. So um so Vela's always start off like on that like on that base. And then but then over but then still like over the years like people still wanted to know more about me and I I can sense that and and I thought that was amazing too. And I felt very lucky and fortunate to be put in that position as well. But I wanted to yeah. I wanted to take responsibility the right way. So that's why I I decided to open up my personal page, Marwa, where it was more of other things that I stand for. And yeah. I like like follow Marwa, who is a designer, but also has a whole different life as well. Yeah. Type of thing. So so Vela's like Vela lives and Marwa lives, but then they also connect like yeah. every once in a while. So I guess that that's what kind of made me want to start. Do you still manage the Vela Scarf's Instagram account or is it like someone else is doing it or is it like a group effort? I still manage it. <laughs> oh, shit. I, so I you do. manage two Instagram yeah. accounts? Because let me tell you, Marwa, I was actually thinking about this last night and maybe maybe you can advise me on this. So I have I have an Instagram page for Arab American Psycho and I literally do the bare minimum on it. And I was like, fuck, I need to be doing more on it. But I'm like, that sounds exhausting. I can barely manage my own Instagram account. And I'm just like, how do you 
how do you like, cause I feel like when I see a post from Vela and when I see a post from Marwa, there are similarities, but I just feel like there's a little bit of a different tone to them. And like, mm-hmm. how do you kind of decide what type of content goes where? Like, how do you make that decision? Like this is going to go on Vela. This is going to go on Marwa. Yeah. So if, if it's a photo that I feel like translates very, very well in terms of the actual scarf. And I feel like you can tell through the photo that was captured, you're able to like, like see the scarf flowing or in a yeah. very specific way. I'm like, okay, this is, this for sure has to live on Vela. Um, and then Marwa is more of like a personal take. Um, yeah. And then Vela, it, it is still a brand. So I do have certain um, like standards. Like, so like Vela follows a certain type of like artistic approach to the photos and a certain like color scheme. Yeah, I've noticed that. There's definitely yeah. a very unique Vela aesthetic. Yeah. So I so basically I just kind of try try to make them like both different. Um, but yeah, it is it is hard because I, I do eventually want to um like slowly kind of hand it off to someone else. So I'm not doing so much. But that's that also really hard, but like the 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 <laughs> freaking micromanaging type A person in my brain is like the thought of having um, someone else manage it is like I'm screaming well, well because then, well then well then think about this like the it goes back to the idea of like sacrificing it's like do you want your brand to I know do you want your brand to grow or, or are you stopping it from growing yeah so for exactly. me it's like in order for me to come out with five collections at once mm-hmm. instead of one collection at once I need to be able to like you are only a good business owner if you know how to um direct and give good direction and not so much like make, make them feel that you're not good enough and this, this and that, like you really, you really have to like play, you know, with that role and like know the right formula. Cause, um, everyone that joins your team, you know, everyone's different in terms of how they like to receive direction or information. So I always make it a thing where it's like, I really, the people, the people on my team, like they, they all know they're able to say their opinions, however they, they want to say it. And, um, and it's not so much of like, I always tell them, I'm like, I'm not here to micro manage you. I'm here. Like you are here because like, I genuinely respect your ideas and this, this and that. And you're also, you're really good at learning. So I know that you'll pick up on my things, but yeah, Instagram, That's amazing, though. Instagram is a very hard thing because Instagram now is the core of almost every business. Like it's crazy. hundred like, percent. It, it, it is crazy. And like, and you always hear people saying like, well, what's going to happen when Instagram goes away? And I'm like, there has to be another platform to replace it mm-hmm. because what Instagram has created as far as like branding and like just everything about it, like there is nothing else like it. There's there is absolutely like when Marwa, it's so crazy when I want to shop, like, let's say I want to buy something from Topshop. Mm-hmm. I don't go to topshop.com. I scroll through the Topshop Instagram no and way. then I go on topshop.com. Yeah. Do- like that, like in, the Instagram feed to me is so important mm-hmm. and that's why like, I just think it's so cool that, you know, you do such a good job of managing them both. Cause it's really important. And like, you know, the brand LPA there, it's like a revolve brand. No, but you know, more brands so. than me. <laughs> so there's this brand it's called LPA and the, the designer, her name is Pia Arobio. She actually recently got married and changed her last name. I'm not sure what it is. It's something Italian, mm-hmm. but he was, I didn't even realize this. She had been managing her brand's Instagram account this whole time. Wow. And she just really, recently had someone else like transition into, you know, whatever, taking care Mm -hmm. of the Instagram account. And like, I'm like sitting here, like, 
wait, she's been managing it this whole time. Like that's crazy to me. And it's a kind of similar situation with you where she's also become kind of like this influencer public figure of her own Mm -hmm. where, you know, she's getting brand deals just for herself. She's working with brands. Her personal Instagram account has its own aesthetic and everything. And I'm just like, that's crazy to me. I mean, think about it. There's like companies... There's like companies that started before Instagram was even like built. And mm-hmm. now Instagram is their core source of like marketing. Like you have, you know, brands like CoverGirl who are now mm-hmm. using like Instagram so hardcore. So it's so crazy how like how much of a major role that plays into people because now people are receiving information differently. Like before we used to watch commercials to receive our information or you know like buy magazines and look at what celebs are wearing but now with you know the whole social media happening it's more of like a personal approach it's like oh well let me see who I'm following or what I'm looking at in my current feed to give me influence yeah um so I got a few questions because I posted on Instagram and I was like, hey, do you guys want to ask model questions? First of all, a bunch of people just straight up were like, I don't have a question. Just tell model why I love her, oh. which is adorable. But I'm also like, why can't you follow instructions? It's love. Okay. This, is it. this isn't a question, ma'am. Um, but I did get a question a few times. So I thought, let me ask about this question because clearly the people want to know. I'm scared. Um, don't be scared. I'm not there. I, I'm not going to ask you any of the weird questions I got. Thank you. Um, but this question is when was the first time you decided to wear a hijab and why? Okay. So, so very deep, intense question. Yeah. That's where I'm starting off with. Yeah. It's, very, it's a very deep question, but also it was, it was a very like straightforward black and white thing for me. Um, I wore the, I wore the hijab in eighth grade before I got my period because Mm -hmm. I legitimately thought if I didn't wear the hijab by the time I got my period for the, for the days that I did not wear it and I had my period, I would go to hell for those days and be punished. Oh my God, Marla, who told you that? No one, no one. That's, that's the problem. So like my mom never pressured me, you know, like she, she always, you know, would talk about the hijab and what normal moms do, you know, like getting, getting their daughters used to the idea, but she never said you have to wear it before or while the second you get your period. So you just created this traumatic narrative in your own mind where you're like, I'm going to go to hell. Yeah, exactly. And okay, cool, cool, cool. I don't know. I have no idea why. Um, but so, but I still wanted to wear it because I knew like, listen, eventually I know I want to wear this and this is what I want to do. Um, and yeah, so that's, if you want, if you're wondering why, (laughs) that's the reason why, but it started off, off, off of a fake backed that's not real, but uh, here we are today. (laughs) Yeah. But I will say, I don't know if you feel this way too but everyone that starts off wearing the hijab like you obviously doing it with the core intention of like this is what you know I want to do but Mm -hmm. the reason why you wear it or why you keep wearing it subhanallah it's different and it changes throughout the year because what the reason why I thought I was going to wear it and over over the years like the relationship that I fostered with it and the and the mm-hmm. reason why I have it on today is a very different reason as to when I first started it. I mean, the only way I can explain it is like, you know, if you've never, you know, jumped into a pool ever, you're not going to know that feeling. Like people can explain it to you, but you have your own personal senses yeah. and your feelings towards it. 
Um, I want to jump in a pool now. It's so hot. I want to jump in a pool, but no, I, I, I agree. I think that everyone kind of, in order to, to kind of fully understand what it is to be a hijabi, you have to be a hijabi. Like Mm -hmm. there's really no, it's weird. It's like this, it becomes a part of your identity. At least for me, I feel like it's, it does become a part of who I am. Mm -hmm. And like, uh, it's not like I rely on it solely. It's not who I am, but it's absolutely a part of who I am. And similar to you, I started wearing a hijab. Okay. So for people who aren't Muslim or or don't know, technically you're supposed to start wearing a hijab once you get your period. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Because you're a woman now. I, I also started wearing it before I I got my period because I just, I just was like ready to do it. Like I just wanted to do it. And like, I, it I also felt like I'm going to do it eventually. Mm -hmm. So why should, why am I going to wait? Like, I just want to do it now. I didn't think I was going to go to hell though. So (laughs) I just wanted to do it. Um, but yeah, like I, I just think that, you know, if, if you want to wear it, wear it. And if, if you don't feel good about wearing it, I, I mean, I would never tell anyone what to do, but if you don't feel good about it, don't do it. That's, Mm -hmm. that's like, you have to feel good about it. Like I, I get so many messages from girls being like, I feel so insecure. I feel this, I feel that. And hold on. I mean, that's also normal too. I, I will admit when I first put it on, I did not feel like myself. I don't know if you yeah. felt that way. Did you feel that way? I, I did not feel that. That's what I'm saying. It's such a personal different you thing. Here's yeah, what I will Everyone goes through like their own personal yeah. things. I, I didn't, what, the first three years, I can genuinely honestly say I was more, I was already a shy person, but when I put it on, yeah. I was even more shy because I was no, because I was noticing a fabric that I wasn't used to having on. I'm like this, yeah. I feel it. So because I felt it, I felt like other people felt it and that, and mm-hmm. that made me feel more shy, timid, a little bit insecure. So it, it took me a while to, to kind of grow Get comfortable. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But then, but then the second I did like, Oh my God, like I feel like so empowered. I love the fact yeah. that like, I love the fact that women get a chance to make this their choice. And inshallah, I hope that yeah. it is their choice, whatever they choose yeah. to do. It, Cause it is a powerful one. It really empowers you like that. You are making your own choice on what you want to do. You know what I mean? No, a hundred percent. And, and, and the thing about like feeling insecure for, especially for girls who start wearing a hijab at a young age, what I wish I could tell all of them is you're going to feel insecure at this age, regardless. It's not, it could be a contributing factor because you feel different, but at this, in the same vein, in that age, you're so self-conscious and Mm -hmm. self-aware and constantly thinking that everyone is looking at you or thinks that you look weird, but like, I'm just going to say it. No one gives a shit. Everyone is just thinking about themselves. Like no one gives a shit what you look like or what you're doing. I feel like people are thinking about themselves. You're so right. I think that we need to take out that, that pressure yeah, that we think yeah. exist, but it really doesn't. I always call like it's, it's totally like it's a self-imposed pressure. Like we just create it in our mind. Like no one. I mean, I guess in some circumstances, people are putting that pressure on you. But for the most part, I feel like a lot of times people are putting that pressure on themselves. And it's just like, mm-hmm. don't put that pressure on yourself. Like also like just embrace who you are and the sooner you embrace who you are the more comfortable you're going to be with who you are because you like yourself so it doesn't matter if other people don't like you because you like yourself so you know that's why I always say like if you don't feel good in a hijab like 
Yeah. Maybe you don't feel good at it. And that's, that's fine. Mm -hmm. Like you should feel good about it. Like you shouldn't not feel good about it, but you have to be able to identify where that feeling is coming from. Is it because you wear a hijab or is it because maybe you're, you don't feel good about yourself? You know what I mean? So So you got to work on your self-esteem and yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah. And also like, I feel like, um, we shouldn't look at it as like a whole picture rather than like, it's totally fine if you just want to even practice or just put it like, or just put it on Fridays. Like I, Mm -hmm. like one of my friends, you know, she was like, I could tell hijab was like a struggle for her because she wanted to wear it, but it was like kind of like a, like an internal struggle that she had, which I I can totally like understand because you're so right. Everyone is different. So I told her like, listen, like, why don't you just pick a day, like a Friday and just say Fridays I'm wearing a, hijab and there's no pressure you don't have to keep it on I feel like doing everyone is different so doing random like you know baby steps or even like not having that pressure of you have to keep it on is like you know to some people that that works out you know no and like uh, my niece she does not wear a hijab but during Ramadan she will try to wear a hijab Mm -hmm. every day no matter where she goes and like you know what I mean and like and a lot of times like people are like confused but I just like who cares don't let it get to you it's 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 like and I know that hijab is more than just wearing a piece of fabric on your head Mm -hmm. but it's like if you want to wear shorts one day and you want to wear pants one day like whatever like that's your thing like you know what I mean like no one's gonna be like excuse me ma'am why are you wearing pants today you were wearing a skirt yesterday like you can cover your body in any way that you want to that is completely to quote Britney Spears your prerogative I'm not even a Britney fan (laughs) but like shout out to her for teaching me the word prerogative when I was like a child because I remember hearing that song be like what's prerogative and then I was like wow my vocabulary because of Britney Spears who would have thought but like yeah I think you know just just give yourself a break that's that's another thing like I girls we're so fucking hard on ourselves like I wish I was a guy because I feel like guys literally don't give a shit about I say that all the time I'm like if I was a guy I'd be like the best guy ever like I'd be so (laughs) good at being a guy I would be like such a good guy I would be definitely for sure a hot guy for sure that's you would be the biggest (laughs) asshole that I'm seeking attention from and I'm like give me attention but you're such an asshole man that you won't give it to me I'm an asshole regardless of my no, gender. Exactly. I'm, so just, I'm saying yeah. if you were, if you're ever yeah. a guy, you would. Oh yeah. I, I would ghost every girl mm-hmm. in the entire world. I mean, I, I literally don't respond to my family's text messages. Yeah. Like now I do because they make me feel so bad about it, but like, I'm just a shitty and texter, but okay. Yeah. Like I, I want to ask you another oh, question. Yes. Other questions. I forgot. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I want to ask you more questions. Okay. Um, <laughs> What's your favorite thing about living in Los Angeles, which you don't live in Los Angeles, but let's just, let's brief, let's, let's make the correction appropriate here. Where do you live? Okay. So I've, okay. People tell me, people tell me I give off a LA vibe too, but I think it's okay. So I was born in LA. I went to school in Mm -hmm. LA. Um, I like half of my life was generally LA, but then the other half of my life was also Orange County too. My mm-hmm. family finally like resided in Orange County. So I'm much, I'm much of an OC girl, but my, yeah. but, but my job and work is still in LA. So yeah, I, you're back and forth. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I have both in my life and I feel like I can easily relate to both, you know? Um, okay. So what that's I, I love LA. Orange County, I feel like Orange County is so chill. LA yeah. is a completely different vibe but what's your favorite thing about LA 
Um, okay, so the traffic. That's, that's a difficult <laughs> question. Yeah, I just love the traffic, you know, like yeah. that feeling of sitting in my car, never knowing when I'm going to move again. That's, that's the best. Yeah, full God. Okay, I think <laughs> I think the best part about LA, number one, obviously, it's like, the weather, I can, I can all. The weather is perfect. But, the weather is is honestly perfect. Yeah. And then for me, I guess it's like I love the way that LA feels. It's much of like more of like a party vibe. Like when I go into like New York, everyone's on a mission, everyone's working. LA is oh, yeah. more of like let's just it's anxiety. Yeah, New York is anxiety. Yes. And LA, like let's just enjoy our time and yeah. Um, yeah. I guess. No, you're 100% right. Whenever I'm in LA, I instantly feel just really relaxed. It's like, like, it's it's like it's, a party vibe. It's like a relaxing party vibe. It's like, it's like a pool yeah. party. <laughs> It is. It's like a pool party, but I'm not going to a pool party. But it's like a pool party. Yeah. But no, literally, like I, I really, I was just telling Moto this the other day. I'm like, I need to to explore more of California because I feel like the only place I've really gotten a feel for is LA, mm-hmm. and I love LA. Like, I go to LA at any given ch- like chance, but I feel like there's so much more to California, and I want to like want to investigate the even the parts that we even go to in LA. It's essentially like Hollywood or West Hollywood, and that's people who still aren't from LA it's just people who just work mm-hmm. in LA or came from different areas but you know there's like there there's some cool like suburban areas in you know downtown LA or like really cool areas in Orange County that give you more of like a California feel but yeah. next time next time you come I'll literally give you like the Mudway experience. Oh, I'm I'm coming to Cali just so I can get like a full Mudway tour. Like yes. I want to go. I want to go hiking. You know, I've never gone hiking in California. What? I know. Isn't that like deeply upsetting? And I actually enjoy hiking. Like I like to hike. And every time I go there, I'm like, oh, maybe I'll have to time to go hiking. And then I never do. And like it's deeply upsetting to me because. I don't like physical activity. It's yeah. the only thing I like to do. And I'm just There's like, hiking I really everywhere too. So I'm surprised you didn't go hiking in California. We have hikes everywhere. We even have I, trails. If you don't want to hike. I know, but, but anytime I'm there, it's like, there isn't like, I feel like hiking isn't like, Oh, let me just go hike really quick for like 30 minutes. You know what I mean? Like it's a thing. Yeah. So I'm like, I, I never usually have time whenever I'm there. That's why I'm like, I want to come to California just to experience California, not for any other purpose, mm-hmm. just solely to like, do California shit. And I want to go to Malibu. I've never been to Malibu. It deeply upsets me. I don't know why this is turning what? into North fucking wish list of California. Yeah. Yes. I w- I've never been to Malibu. So I was supposed to go last time I was there, but then we didn't end up going. Don't worry. I got you. Sad. I got you next time. I know you do. I know. Mara is like, if I were ever to pick a tour guide, like if I tell her these are my goals, she will make sure that I achieve mm-hmm. my goals. So. I do. She's very detail oriented. Um, so the last question I want to ask you is again, a little bit on the deeper side, but I think that it's, it's an interesting question is the question is, is there anything about the hijabi community you wish you could change? Mm, okay. Like I thought that that was a really interesting question yeah. because you know, when we grew up, obviously I think we both, we had hijabis around us yeah, and that was kind of our community, whether it was like people from the masjid, from like the mosque or like people from school that just happened to also wear a scarf. But like now that we're older, there is this online hijabi community, especially on Instagram. Like we're very fucking present on Instagram. Like, okay, yeah. It, it, I yeah, just want to, okay. like, <sighs> 
Huh. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. I, I'm just going to say like random things and random facts. Are, they're not going to connect with one another, but there's so let's much. There's so much of like <laughs> statements. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. Let's, let's hear it. We're going to fucking like connect the statements. Go for so, it. First statement. I want to change the word hijabi community into just a Muslim Muslim girl community because I feel like yeah. I don't like yeah. I don't like separating that I don't like putting us in different boxes when we much need to look out for each other. Yes, um, agreed. Second thing, the hijabi community. I don't know what what they mean by that because there is a difference between feeling supported by someone else who also wears the hijab and like they genuinely support you and you genuinely support them. But just mm-hmm. but just to be a part of a community because you guys both wear the hijab. I mean. I don't relate to that because I can, I might relate more to another girl that doesn't wear the hijab and mm-hmm. we might have more, you know, um, like we might have more things we vibe off on better than someone who is a hijabi and I just don't vibe with her. So it's like, yeah. I don't like the idea of like, Oh, just because we both are hijabis, we both have to follow each other when it's like, no, yeah. we, we, sh- we shouldn't stay in like a tiny little cult bubble. Yeah. Not a tiny little bubble. Like think about it. Like when we're out in the real world and then people just see us huddling around each other, like that, that's yeah. not an, an inviting look. We no, need to, not at all. our community needs to be supportive of one another, like helping each other out, reaching our goals. But it's like, but, but, but we're in the space of everyone else and not because we're just hijabi. You know what I mean? It's more of like, Oh, look at this amazing hijabi girl in the medical field or I honestly, Marwa, I love the fact that you just said, let's change it from hijabi community to Muslim community because that's so right on. And Mm -hmm. like, like, yes, absolutely. I let's stop calling it the hijabi community. It's a Muslim community. You're Muslim regardless of whether or not you wear a hijab and like, and, and also like it's, I just think that, you know, like what you said, like we, yeah, I guess we do have things in common, but at the same time, like we, we're not all going to be best friends, but yeah. at the same time, like I can support we're, you. Still gonna, we're gonna still support each other. Yeah. And that's one thing that I love about Marwa is she's super supportive of what other people are doing. Like if I tell her Marwa, I have an idea, even back in the day when I was like, I want to start a podcast. She was like, Noor, you got to do it. You should mm-hmm. do it. Blah, blah, blah. And like telling me like 20 reasons why I should start a podcast. And like, yeah, yeah, I am her friend, but I feel like even if you didn't know Marwa and you came up to her and you were like, Hey, this is an idea I have. If she thinks it's a good idea, she's going to support you regardless of whether you're Muslim or not. She's just a supportive person. But I mean, I think that as, as a Muslim, I do think it's extra important that we support other Muslims because Mm -hmm. that is our community at the end of the day. And, and I like to have a diverse group of friends and I like to follow diverse people on Instagram and I think it's really interesting to learn about different people, but at the end of the day, I do think that we should all try our best to support each other and uplift each other as much as we can, because we need to find a way because right now there, there are moments where example, like the Haram police kind of comes around and it definitely turns into more of like a judgment community. And it's like, and then we, we really have to take a step back. Like, is this really building us or breaking us up? Because for me, it's like, at the end of the day, like I, I am grateful for the platform that I have. I know I have mm-hmm. a responsibility. I, I understand mm-hmm. that. Um, so for me, like, I don't know, like, I don't, I don't really take it to heart when, you know, someone tells me something like, Hey, you know, I don't think this is right. I definitely appreciate it when they come to me first personally via like a message or whatever. Yeah. But 
you know, if that ever kind of does happen, I kind of take like a step back and I'm like, if I fight this back with negativity, it it's never going to get fixed. And, and, yeah. It's never going to get work. Like, it, like no positive thing will come out of it. So for me, it's like, I would rather just like put myself out of that, that space. Yeah. Um, and just, and, and just really focus on just creating, like rechanging that narrative and maybe like creating first starting off with my, with, with my community first. Like we, like we, we can't expect change if we don't put in the work around us first. So for me, I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, like I know I can maybe build some cool, um, you know, groups around my message or even just like with me personally and with, with, and with other women who are in a career path, like, you know, world and that, and that just want to support each other. Um, there's the, I think, um, I have to search it, but it's like amazing group. It's like a Muslim women, um, empowerment group. That sounds sick. I want to be a part of that. I'm like, that sounds cool. Shit. I would love to be a part of that, that, if if it didn't exist i would be like we should probably do that like right now i'm literally trying um, to search it up right now so um, no and yeah oh, and muslim, like that's- muslim women professionals it's we empower muslim women by educating uplifting and mobilizing a global network founded by sophia hawk so you guys need to follow this because it's amazing and i love everything that she's doing i'm i'm gonna check that out like mm-hmm. for sure because i'm doing I mean, yeah, this I to think- you right now perfect i love that i love that you're dming me right now um also i was like scrolling through our dms earlier and everything that i say to you via dm is ridiculous i don't even know like i was just like what am i even saying um but yeah so i i think that it's really important that you know we support each other because how can we expect other people to support us if we don't support each other and also like like everyone like this is the one thing that i will say everyone needs to take a chill pill. Like I was, I was talking to you about this yesterday, the, the new uh, series on Hulu called Rami. Mm -hmm. And it's a story of, you know, an Arab Muslim who lives in America and just kind of his experiences and kind of struggling with his identity at times. And, and all these people are absolutely losing their shit because the character in the show is hooking up with girls. And I'm just like, (laughs) that's that's the thing that you saw out of like the entire show Mm -hmm. which i actually think is so well done and i'm proud that an arab muslim created it like i'm like that's amazing i want to support you i've been literally fucking telling everyone i know like you should watch a show you should watch a show because i why would i not want my someone who's like me to be successful i want you to be successful um and it's not like we're, I only want Muslim Arabs to be successful. No, but like we need to be more recognized in certain fields where we're not necessarily yeah. recognized. Like who are, who are these Arab Muslim TV show creators that are like flooding our TV screens? No. None. I, I can't think of any. Yeah. I'm sure there are some that exist, but there's not, they're not like household names. And so I think it's really exciting that he's yeah. doing something and like, yeah, Twitter is just basically people going off and just being like this is such a bad representation mm-hmm. of muslim oh, and blah God. blah blah like i don't think every show about every minority or every group of people is going to be representative of the entire group of people yeah. you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. like the bachelor okay it's basically a show about white people i don't know any white people like that <laughs> i don't know any yeah. i don't know a single white person who behaves that way so just because it's a TV show about a group of people doesn't mean it's representative of the entire group. But like, why, why can't we still be excited and happy for them? Exactly. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, 
it's it's as simple as like the shit that we used to be told when we were kids if you have nothing nice to say don't say anything just at don't all. say anything like just don't say anything it's so it's so easy and and i think that's something i wish people in the muslim community would consider more often is if you have nothing nice to say don't say anything yeah and i think it's just because it's just like a new realm that people don't understand because i remember when vela first started we definitely got we definitely got some backlash too where they're like really yeah they're like well like think about it like the first hijab company that came out in america and then this hijab's company is making it more fashionable so they're saying that you are diluting what the hijab represents and what it means so you are going to get people like that and it's like but it's like, and it put a lot of pressure on me. So I'm like, oh my God, am, am I representing hijab? Because I, I don't. Because yeah. hijab is a very personal thing. So it was something that I had to learn at a very young age. So you just have to be okay with that. You're going to have that side of people. And eventually I think people come around and, you know, after a couple of years, you know, fast forward 10 years, like people are realizing, oh no, this actually does have a very positive effect. And, yeah. um, and I, that's, and that's the thing. I hope people will eventually come around like the I people who I, I think i think yeah. it's just gonna take a couple like uh, not a couple years but maybe like a year or two for them to yeah. be like oh look like this actually made you know non-muslims like you know like more fi- found us more relatable and will kind of mm-hmm. might it might you know it might bring down whatever crime rates or negativity that trump is trying to push it might end up being having a positive effect like you know like who knows? yeah i i i think that what what you do, what I do, what so many Muslim people do, nothing about it is negative. And that's the thing. Like, as long as you're not hurting anyone, why is anyone mad? And like, mm-hmm. you're right about the, the relatability thing, because I mean, I think that there are so many people who may know Muslims, but maybe you don't feel comfortable asking them certain questions because they don't want to offend people or you know what I mean? They don't want to want it to come out wrong. And I think that having this social platform where we are basically putting our personalities out there gives them the opportunity to see, okay, this is a Muslim person. And like, I can relate to them because we have these similarities. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And, but yeah, so I, I mean, I just, as far as it goes with like the, the whole community question thing is I a hundred percent support you. It's not a hijabi community. It's a Muslim community. <laughs> And we got to put in that work now to kind of change up that narrative. Yeah. That's the only thing. Yeah. It's like what we're doing is dope, but like, let's, let's try to be more supportive of one another as much as we possibly can, because obviously I can't go out there and support every fucking Muslim person, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to support as many as I can. You exactly. know what I mean? Like the Vogue Arabia cover with the three oh hijabi chicks. Like that. I was absolutely screaming. Like I want a copy of that magazine because I would like to frame it in my home. I love that you know so what I mean? much. I love the fact that they were all Somali and yeah. they were all models and they're all hijabi because it just, it showed that, that the idea of like tokenism was kind of taken away when they were all together representing it was all three like that's the part that was crazy it was all three of them it wasn't just you know let's just throw in one muslim girl here it was all three of them and i was like it was so powerful it was such a power move i love it 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 was powerful like when i saw it i immediately like was like oh my god like you know Mm -hmm. what i like i felt it i was just like oh my god this is amazing incredible yeah Yeah, no I, i love that so much and i'm 
you know, I'm excited to see more magazine covers with three hijabis or fuck it, like five or, yeah. or not even just, just Muslim women being celebrated and mm-hmm. being viewed as exactly, you know, whatever they want to do, whether they're a model or a designer, like, let's not look at them and just be like, oh, she's just a Muslim girl. Like, why can't she just be a girl? Yeah. Am I making sense? No, I don't even are. know if I'm making like, sense. They have different roles. <laughs> I'm realizing now that I'm like, all I've had today is coffee and matcha. And I feel like the lack of, oh, and also Starburst jelly beans and all the lack of eating is now like, really? it's hitting me right now. Marwa, you know, I'm terrible about remembering to eat unless other people around that me are true. eating. I'm a, I'm a social eater. We all know this about Noor. Yeah. Uh, like if no one is eating, I won't eat. So yeah, I, I've been like just working all day long. Um, so uh, I think that we should wrap up because we're a little bit past the hour mark. And I'm so glad that we fucking did this I because I literally, I, I just remember talking to Marwa and being like, I want to start a podcast. And she was like, yes. And I was like, okay, you're going to be on my podcast. She was like, okay. It's such a full um, circle. I know. Yeah. It's really cool. I'm so and proud of you. Marwa, I love you. Thank you. I'm proud of you. Um, where can people find you online? Um, so at Marwa Atik or at Vela Scarves. Mm-hmm. And, click, and then click the link, click the link in those bios because it's bellascarves.com if you want to um, yeah. check out the product. And it's a clean website. It's a, it's a, it's a fun website experience. Sure and also, too. is there anything particular that you're kind of promoting right now that you want people to keep an eye out for any, anything like that? So Ramadan, um, definitely we have a lot of surprises coming up. So Okay. Be sure to follow us so that you get updated on all the things that we're going to be releasing. And um, the spring summer collection is going to come out. And um, the amazing photographer Adib, um, we oh, I love him. I love him so much. Like we collaborated on just so many cool ideas. And he's also like one of the main core reasons as to why Bella is so artistic because he like we literally just vibe off of each other and we just like throw out so many cool ideas. So. Um, he's so talented he's yeah. a photographer he's super talented so he's talented. on instagram right now where did he go where he did was, he go he's studying for finals like he's still he's still okay. a really cool college student um yeah so he's you know he's doing that hustle but we have like um like a really cool idea for this spring summer solids collection that that newark kind of knows about um yeah, so, yeah, yeah so make sure to peep it to see Okay. And as always, you can follow me at Nor E. You could follow the podcast at Arab American Psycho. If you have any questions, you can send (laughs) eventually. Um, And then you can send in your questions via DM or you can email them to Arab American Psycho at gmail.com. And I will talk to you, psychos, next week. Bye.